you for your presence here today. We love you. We know that you love us. Thank you for ministering to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many of you truly love the Lord your God with all of your heart? Amen. You love God. How many of you know that He truly loves you? He loves you with an undying love. But let me ask you this. How many of you would like to have Jesus show you the full extent of his love? How many of you would like to know that and experience that? Him being there with you, ministering to you, and showing you the full extent of his love. And that's what I want to share this morning with you, briefly, how to enjoy, how to enjoy the full extent of the love of God, how to enjoy the full extent of the love of Jesus. You know, many times we hear the word of God, and, and we claim that we believe the word of God, but we don't act on it. He said that the word that was spoken to them, the word spoken to them, that means when you hear the word of God, that word is supposed to deliver something into your hands. You are supposed to practice from the word of God. He said the word that was spoken to them, the word because they didn't mix the word with faith. Now, mixing the word with faith is what delivers the blessings that are hidden in the word into your life. So when you hear the word of God, always look for something to do with the word of God. That's the only way you can be blessed. Sometimes it takes just coming to the altar and saying, God, I'm here for you. We can't about anybody. Sometimes it takes just thinking about it and saying, I'm going to go home and I'm going to put that into practice. Or just to accept God and say, God, I'm ready. I need you to do it right now to me. I heard about a, a, a girl in Georgia. Everyone was praying in those days. We used to seek the Holy Spirit. I used to wonder who is lost among the Holy Spirit or <laughs> us. But they saw the Holy Spirit. And sometimes they sit for a whole night, they stay all night, and then the next morning they come and say, Bro, I really spent the whole night seeking the Holy Spirit. But they, they what? They got nothing. They are tired of the time, but they saw the Holy Spirit. And they got nothing. And this other girl, she was new to Christianity, and she was hearing all this stuff about receiving the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and these other Christian brothers and sisters that have been in the place for so long they've been seeking for long and they haven't received you were the least person they will expect to receive the Holy Spirit but then she said we got a word of the book and the book told her how to receive the Holy Spirit and she said I can seek the Holy Spirit I can spend the whole night in the sanctuary crying out to God uh, and this book made it so simple. So he said, uh, Okay, God, I love you. And guess what? She received the Holy Spirit and started speaking to him in tongues. And guess what? The other seekers in church, they got mad. They got mad. They said, Come! She knew. 
He knew and he knows nothing. We have been seeking the Holy Spirit. And as he came, knowing nothing, no shadow and no speaks in tongues that we can't. What's the difference? She heard the word, she did it. Mixed it with faith and she acted on it. Many times we hear the word and we don't put faith to it. And what I want to share with you today is very different from what you possibly, what you've always known in this script, in this particular scripture that I've chosen. But I want you to act on it and see what God will do. Act on it. Accept it. Believe it. Open God, do it to me. And you might get God doing a mighty work in your life. That lady today is a preacher's wife. Amen. God does miraculous things. How to enjoy the full extent of Jesus' love in your life. I know when you hear words like that, a lot of people are thinking, okay, I have to be a good girl. I have to be a good guy. I have to go to church every time the door open. And I have to go three hours a day. Then I have earned God. Favor in my life. He's got to shower his blessings on me. It doesn't work that way in Christianity. It doesn't work that way. You have to know the truth and act on the truth. That's the only way it will work. Now, in John chapter 13, the Bible tells us this is the story of Jesus washing his disciples' feet. And I'm going to draw from this story this morning how you can draw fruits from this one story apply it in your life and enjoy the fullness of the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. And those words, the full extent of his love, those words are not mine, these are biblical words. He says in John chapter 13, verse 1 through 5, and the one we say in John chapter 13 throughout his message, it says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from the world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Having loved his own, he loved them to the end. Now, if you read in the New Living Translation, it says, Having loved his own, he now decided to show, he decided to show the full extent of his love. He now showed his disciples the full extent of his love. Now he loved them to the very end. When God brings you to himself, his love upon your life will remain on you till the very end. You don't have to do anything. He loves you till the very end. He'll never quit on you. No matter what you do. If you belong to the Lord Jesus, He will love you till the very end. And now in this scripture, He decided He was going to show to His disciples the full extent of His love. And then the scripture people saying what was really happening at this time. The Bible tells us He knew His hour had come. He was now ready to go back to the Father. Now before going back to the Father, He had to go to the cross. He knew that. He says, 
Islam. So this was the time Judas had been meditating about how to betray the Lord Jesus, and Jesus knew it. And the opportunity appeared to him, and Peter had convinced him, Judas, the time is right. Everything is in place. You can serve the master now. You can betray him now. And Jesus knew it and was eating with Judas at the table. So the Bible told us to know that. That's the second. Jesus knew he was planning to betray him. And he knew he was going to go to the cross not very long from that very particular time. Jesus knowing that this is so important, knowing that the Father has given all things into his hands and that he has prayed from, from God and was going to God. Now, if a man on earth knows that everything, all authority, all power, all things in heaven and on earth, all authority has been delivered to you, you are But look at what Jesus did. He knew the Father had delivered everything into his hand. He had everything. Then he rose from supper and laid aside his garments. I'm sure the disciples were watching him as he was doing this. He took his outer garments off, took the tower, and girded himself with the tower. He done that. I'm sure they were watching him. Like, what are you doing? What, what's going on? What are you doing? He said he poured water into a basin. I'm sure he got the water, and they were watching him get the water. Got the basin, poured the water into the basin, and then he started to wash their feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was guarded. Now, for some of us in our time, we don't understand what's going on here. But, but let me say this. In that time, they didn't have paved roads like this. They had dirt roads for the most part. And it was pretty dusty. And they wore sandals. And so after walking for a while, their feet would get caked with dust and dirt. And it was customary to have huge water plant by, by the entrance to, to a home. And usually they will have a, a servant in that home whose job is to wash people's feet when they come. As the girls come into the home, the, the servant will go out and wash the feet of the girl while the host is inside waiting for their guests. And they, usually the, the uh, girls don't pay attention to the servant. It was their job. They wear their feet and then they go into the home, greet the host, and they'll have their fun and their big party and all of that. The servant was nothing. That was the servant's job to wash their feet. Apparently, Jesus was in a place with his disciples alone. I don't know what was happening, but nobody thought about washing somebody's feet. They all went in and they were eating with their feet. <laughs> and the disciples were eating with him. Who's going to wash his feet? Yeah, that. And Jesus took it upon himself. And I'm sure when he stood up and they didn't know what he was doing. They said, what are you doing? He got the towel and they wondered, what is he doing? The Bible says he was going at that point to show them the full extent of his love. He took the place of a servant. 
he was a servant this time and he started to wash their feet even if, you, if that doesn't get to you but think about it I mean if you can see God how would you be able to tolerate it if God knelt before you and is washing your feet your dirty feet or maybe you go to your place of work and your employer comes out and says uh, uh, to every that's the big boss the CEO right he says you guys come and uh, sit here and I'm going to polish your shoes yeah that is polish his rag and everything and he starts doing it that, that's the case huh? and he's your employer you're going to be uncomfortable you'll be asking why is he doing this you know what I mean what's going on and he's not saying anything to you he keeps showing you shoes and you want to what's going on and you said, well, that's, that's even more in this situation. That was the Lord. But the Bible says he was showing them the full extent of his love. Now, why did Jesus do this? Why did Jesus do this? I believe that as you examine this story carefully, you begin to see that Jesus in this story was teaching the disciples something about himself. And some things about themselves. And then finally, how he really wants us as Christians to relate to one another. If you look at the story, four truths will begin to surface. And I want to take them one by one. And these are the points that I want to make. These that we must do or believe act on so that we can enjoy the full extent of Jesus' love. The first thing that we must realize, the first reason Jesus did what he did was because he came to serve. Jesus came to the world to serve. He came as a servant to work, to mankind. He came to give us life as a servant to work. Now, in Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, this is what Jesus said, John, as the Son of Man, did not come to be served. Jesus didn't come to, to be served. I know we have to serve the Lord God, we have to work for God, we have to serve God, but when Jesus came, when God came, He didn't come to be served, He came to serve us. Amen. That's what He came for. And Jesus said, was to do that to wash our feet. Now, the Bible tells us this, that he came as a ransom for many, that to take away our sins. We need his service. Jesus came to meet our needs. He came to minister to us. That's why he came. He came to take away the void in your life. He came to take away the frustration in your life. 
He came to take away the frustration and the pains and the shame that you've been through in life. He came to remove all of those things and to replace it with his peace. He came to serve us. Jesus came perfectly to serve us. He came as a servant. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve us. So what we must do is to allow him to serve us. To minister to us. We let him minister to us. Accept his service today. Accept his ministry today. Let Jesus serve you today. If you need a friend, he wants to be a friend that is closer to, than a brother to you. He wants to be a friend that will not only forgive the mistakes that you have made in your life, but will encourage you to try again. And he will stand by you. He will never leave you. He wants to be a friend that is going to wash you and make you clean so that you can be what he created you to be. You have to allow him to do this work in our heart. If you need strength of character, sometimes we feel like I don't have a strong will. I want to do this, but before long, my will is so weak and I fail. If you need that strong will, Jesus can give you that strong will. Let him minister to you. He wants to minister to you. If you are sick in your body, he wants to heal you. If you're having problems in your life, he wants to take care of that. If you're having problems with your children, he wants, he came to serve you. Give him the opportunity to serve you. He didn't come to be served. He came to minister to you. He wants to take care of your needs. You have financial difficulties? Yes, he is God. He is able to serve you. Give him the opportunity to serve you. That's what he did. Did he not understand what he was doing? He came to help you. If you have a problem with your children, Jesus can help you with them. Let him minister to your children. If you have a problem with your husband, God beat him down, cry out to him. If you have a problem with your wife, same thing. Jesus wants to help. He came to minister to us. He is the one that can do things in our life that we can't do for ourselves. He came to help us. You know, in the story, right after Peter, when Jesus got to Peter for, to wash his feet, Peter was not, he didn't like what was going on. I'm sure they had been questioned, not just Peter, the others were not able to say something. They just let Jesus wash their feet. They didn't understand what he was doing. But when he got to Peter in verse 6, it says, Then he, Jesus, came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? He asked him a question. Are you now our servant? What's going on? And Jesus answered and said to him, What I'm doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. You will understand what I'm doing after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash your, wash your feet or wash you, you have no part with me. 
Think about it. What has washing of feet got to do with having a part with God? If you refuse Him, you know, wash your feet, then you can't be a part of Him. That's what Jesus said to Peter. Now, what, what, what is the spiritual meaning of this? What kind of spiritual truth can we draw from this? Simply this. If you don't allow Jesus to minister to you, you can be a part of His kingdom. If you don't allow Jesus to take care of your needs, you can, be, you can walk with Him. You cannot. He has to minister to you. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. You can't. You need this ministry. He came purposely to serve you. And if you refuse ministry, you are not going to go very far. Not with God. You need Him. That is His job. God sent Him to do this. Don't try to do for yourself what He only can do for you. You try not enough to be holy. You can't work yourself. You try yourself even more pity trying to be good. Unless He watches you, you will not be worth. You cannot give what you don't have. You have to be blessed before you become a blessing. You are struggling to do all of these things by yourself, to bless yourself, to make things okay for you and your children, to raise your children by yourself, and you are feeling maybe you need His help. Turn to Him. Let Him minister to you. You need Him. He came to serve us. And so He told me that if you refuse my help, if you refuse my ministry, you cannot be a part of me. You need to be washed. Amen. We come to Him just as we are. No pretense. It don't matter how bad you are being. That's why He is the Savior. You can't save yourself. You need a Savior. Every human being that works with us needs a Savior. So we go to Him for Him to save us. And after we have been saved, we still need Him. We, this is ministry constantly. Blessed to be a blessing. Many Christians refuse God. They don't want financial. God just bless me. Bless my children. I don't care too much about these financial blessings. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. He wants to bless you so that you can bless others. Not for you. Until He has ministered to you, you cannot minister to others. Righteousness. We call to Him weak. And He gives us strength. We call to Him filthy of God. And He works us. He ministers to us. And then we become clean. We call to Him empty. And He fills us up. That is ministry. And guess what? It gives Him joy. Amen. That's why the Bible says, he, he loved his own to the very end, and then he made up his mind to show them the fullness of his love. You want to experience God's fullness? You want to enjoy the fullness of God's love? The fullness of his love? Let him minister to you. Just let him. Christians will not let God use their stuff for them. 
You know what? It's just a headache. Why should I talk to God about healing my headache? Oh, really? You can talk to God about the headache. It's my finances. Things are going rough. It's okay. I'll just look for another job. Talk to him. Let him help you. <laughs> Let him help you. Let him help your children. Don't go to him with brilliant words. You can't do anything to be on his good side. Don't come to him with, I'm going to go ahead now and bring brilliant words of praise to the Lord and shout to him and pray him. Maybe he'll know him and he's going to bless me. No. You need him to bless you first. And then you can give him praise. Amen? And he'll receive that. So what's the second lesson we need to learn from him, from this passage? The third lesson that we need to learn is this. Life is difficult. Life has issues and problems. Living brings dirt to our feet. Even after you have been born again, it doesn't take too long before you know that <laughs> this is going to be a hard road. <laughs> Amen. It's not that easy. Look at what happened. Paul said to uh, Jesus, I don't want you to do this. You shall, you, you're not going to wash my feet. And Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, then you are, don't have any part with me. And in verse 9, Je, uh, Peter replied to Jesus, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. The guy now got really excited. He says, hey, if washing makes me part of you, I don't just want you to wash my feet alone. Just, just wash me all over. I really want to be a part of you. That's what he was saying. But Jesus' reply wasn't as enthusiastic as he is. <laughs> he says to him, you know, he says, yeah, he who is born needs only to wash his feet. But he's completely clean. And you are clean, but not all. It says, once you have been buried, you don't need to be washed all over. What he's saying is this. Once you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, from that day, if you maintain that relationship with God, you're clean. You're clean. But you are still in this world. And as you go about your business in this world, you will meet people that will irritate you. Amen? And sometimes they irritate you so that you come. And then you go, yeah, how did I do that? I remember after I was saved, in those days, uh, we were told not to listen to uh, um, worldly music. And boy, I be quiet, Angela. I love. <laughs> hey, I love. I love James Brown yeah. and all of those musicians. You know, 
than Stevie Wonder and all of those great music in those days for me. I had all our home, my home plastered with all the rock stars. That was my life. It was the good life in those days for me. And I love to dance, you know. And uh, all these um, Shaka Khan and all of those. Um, <laughs> sanctified room. It was the room of prayer for God. And I told my brother, the holy room. They were afraid to get in my room. That's where I prayed in tongues and everything. But right in my holy room, sometimes they put a new song, you know, one, one of those ones that I used to love. And I turned up and I'm ready to dance. And I told my back to dance and I said, oh, you can't do that anymore. You're sanctified. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go and paint. And some days, you know, I, I, some of those songs will come into my head, you know what I mean? And before I know, <laughs> those crazy songs I come. <laughs> 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 ah, could you do this? <laughs> and then I go and look and say, God forgive me for singing that unholy song, you know. But the point is, after you've been saved, as you're dealing in life, you are going to be having difficulties. Sometimes you got mad. Sometimes you say the wrong things. Sometimes you're very suspicious, and then you find out you're wrong. Sometimes we Christians have bitterness against those that we feel like they've offended us or something. And, and these things hurt our relationship with God. See? Our feet get dirty. And our feet need to be washed. See, that's what Jesus was saying to them. If I don't wash your feet, you don't have any part with me. This bitterness that you're having in your heart that you won't let go, your feet dirty. Your feet are dirty. This addiction that you brought into your life, or this thing that you're doing in secret, just the, the, the rage and everything, the anger. Well, I'm not so it, it was in our family. You know something is wrong. Those things dirty your feet and they make your relationship with God difficult. So what we need to do is go back to Him for our feet to be washed. Some of us are sitting here, you have a relationship with God, but you have been through certain situations in your life that's really hurt you, and you're wounded right now. You know all is not well with God in your life. You've tried and you're failing. You don't know, you've given yourself to certain things, things that you know you shouldn't give yourself to, and you don't know how to come out of it. And you've tried, you've prayed, you've done everything, it hasn't worked. Now what I'm asking you today, if you want to enjoy the full extent of his love, all you need to do is, okay Lord, I'm ready. I want to be washed now. Amen? Amen. Just like that lady. See, as simple, good and ready. He came to serve you. Amen? You can help yourself. Your feet are dirty. Your relationship is hard. Your relationship with God is hard. 
you need him to work with you. Just let him do it. Amen? Let him work with it. That's why I believe the book is in John 4, John chapter 1, verse 9. It says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from what? Because you are already clean. For those to pop up, you are clean. The only problem, you are dirty. And as a Christian, John, John wrote the believers, Christians. If you don't get your feet wet, your relationship with God is going to be hurt. And all you have to do, you make it just come clean and ready. Just like that, I heard about the baptism of the Lord, so God has me. I'm ready to go. And God did it right there. So it's of work, not of works. So you will both as if you did something. It's of grace. So we need to come to God and let Him cleanse us. We must always come to Him because we have to have that relationship, that fellowship with our God. And you can do that this morning by just saying, God, I'm ready. I need my feet washed. And Jesus will oblige. He will do it right there. He will, he will walk by you. Notice something. If you look at this story, there was Judas there, right? Can you picture in your mind how God, Jesus, will be washing the feet of Judas knowing few hours from that time he was going to betray him? Now, if Jesus will wash the feet of somebody that he knew was ready and applied to betray him, why won't he wash your feet? Why won't he cleanse you? Why won't he accept you? Why won't he make you completely whole? Jesus wants to do that this morning. Amen? The first thing is... For us as believers to follow his example. That amen was a little strong, Angela. Okay. <laughs> I'm joking. We follow Jesus' example. You want to enjoy the fullness or the full extent of God's love, Jesus' love? then we must follow his example. Now let me let you know this. Often when you hear a message from the scripture we've read, it's usually on humility. Right? How we must follow Jesus' example of, of uh, humility. And that's very right. And Jesus taught his disciples that right from the beginning till the very end and then he demonstrated it right before them that humility is very vital in our Christian walk he said to them in John chapter 13 verse 12 to 15 so when he had washed the feet put in his garment and sat down he said to them do you know what I've done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so am I. He said, I then 
when your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. So what is Jesus saying to us? That we must always come to church with uh, a baby in our hands on Sunday morning to wash feet? You can take it that little, you, that's, that's good, but I don't believe that that's what Jesus is saying. That's not the spiritual truth in this. The spiritual truth in this is how you relate to your Christian brother. You relate to your Christian brother in humility, preferring the other one to yourself. Fellowshipping around the world. Remember that the word of God is what washes us. Amen? We fellowship around God's word. What the word is. We fellowship around the word of God and we care for our Christian brother. We don't throw them down. We help the work their feet. We don't condemn them. We don't put them down. We don't put that face and put them outside. We try to help them. We wash their feet. We take the place of a servant. Even if they don't understand what you're doing, it doesn't matter to you, you're still doing it. You're still trying to help. Even if they irritate you, you're still washing their feet. Even if they are going to betray you, you're still washing their feet. Jesus said, this is the way to get to the top as a Christian. This is the way to enjoy the full extent of God's love as a believer. Going the second mile. Washing your brother's feet. You know, the disciples were very big. They were really into who is going to be first. You remember this story? Who is going to be the leader among us? And they argued about that. But in Matthew 20, verse 25 through 27, Jesus said, You know the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, be a servant to your brothers. Sometimes we have things to do in church. It's hard to get people to do it. Most believers want to be behind the pulpit where, you know, I am the guy that's giving everything out to everybody. Most of the time, that's not where God, where God wants you to be. He wants you to start with the toilet. Helping to clean. Yes, it's true. Well, I said this because there's a family in Georgia, 87-year-old man, that the pastor told, they said, we want to minister in the church. He says, what can we do? The pastor said, you want to really minister? He said, they said, yes. He said, well, I want you and your wife to make sure that the toilet is clean every time we have a service. And they were doing it faithfully. And then you wonder why God promotes people like that and why they live long. You start from doing that, those, that little stuff back there. Teaching the children and ministering to them. And before long, they'll find out you have things to share. And they say, we don't want you teaching the kids anymore. 
we want you to be head over the uh, uh, women's ministry or assist the pastor's wife with the uh, women's ministry and help you head that ministry. But coming into a church and saying, well, God has called me to head women's ministry. I spoke to me that I'm going to be the leader of the army you are in the church. And we've had what happened here. We've had that happen. A new Christian believe God spoke to them. They don't want to do anything. They want to lead all the women. You just a year old and say, Believer, how are you going to do that? That's pride. When you humble yourself, you are lifted up. When you take care of your Christian brothers and sisters, God mixes with you and He blesses you. Now I want to say this before I close. In this particular story, Peter didn't know how much he needed that day until much later. The day Jesus washed his feet, he didn't realize what was going on. He said no. But thank God he finally agreed that Jesus should do that. Because few days later, guess what happened to Peter? He got his feet dirty. But he did. And after he denied Jesus three times, denied knowing Jesus three times, at the bottom, were really dirty, and he knew it. The man went out and he wept, crying out to God. Jesus, as far as he was concerned, was gone. Think about it. There was no way to speak to him. He thought in his mind, Jesus had died. He, he denied knowing this great man of God. He knew him very well as the son of God. I mean, he was tortured in his mind, I believe. Peter went out, the Bible said he cried with bitterly. That he felt he had lost his position. Jesus, in a way, made him head over the rest of them. Remember? I believe that Peter had lost everything. I knew it completely. How did God forgive me? Look at what I've done. He got his feet dirty. But when Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus was after Peter. The Bible says he appeared to Cephas, meaning he appeared to Peter. He had private words with Peter. If you read in John chapter 21, Jesus had his fire there, had some bread, and Peter was there. Peter had gone to fishing. He was probably a very confused man at this point. And it had been difficult to look at the master because of what he had done. They had not spoken about it. Jesus had not addressed good subject. But then, right there, Jesus began to wash his feet again and called him out and said, Peter, do you love me in the presence of the rest of them? And Peter had to say the words, yes, master, I love you. And he asked again. He was washing his feet. And then he pulled Peter aside and was walking away as he was talking to Peter. If you look at, we can read the story, John chapter 21. And he was telling Peter what to happen to Peter's life in the future. In that way I felt like the others are watching, he hasn't lost his place with this man. Amen? He's still very special to him. He pulled him aside. And when he was through with Peter, the confidence came back again. Amen? And Peter was able to stand in the upper room and speak to the rest of them and was the leader again. 
even though he blew it. You can make, you can let Jesus wash your feet this morning. Amen? Amen. He wants to do that. What is it that you need from him? Do you need him to heal you? He wants to heal you. He can heal you physically or emotionally. He can do that this morning. Do you need him to deliver you from something in your life that you don't want? He can do that this morning. All you have to do is say, yeah, I am. I'm ready. We just stand up. If you are ready to let Jesus minister to you this morning, can you come up here and be with me? You need Jesus to minister to you this morning. I need you to come and join me here. No shame. Come on. Join me here. Thank you. You need Jesus to minister to you. You need him to wash your feet. This morning, you've been through some difficult times. But you need him to touch your life. To free you from something that's bugging your life. Then come and join me here this morning. Thank you, Lord. I am very certain that there are some of you that are back there. You need to be here. Sometimes you are looking at people, you are thinking, well, that's just pastor. It's not just pastor. Jesus is here. This may be your deliverance. This may be your help. Amen. Amen. This is your day. Thank you, Jesus. Spirit, we need to obey Him. Jesus came to minister to us, He came to serve us, and right here, Jesus is serving. 
and he will wash your feet. He'll help you. That's why he came to serve and to minister and make to you and to make life better for you. That's why Jesus came. That's his job. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to place your right hand on your chest. Uh, I need your prayer partners, so please come. Those of you that are available. Angela, please. And I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to ask uh, our prayer partners to pray with you. And uh, I'm going to tell them to believe God for a word from God for you into your life that God will bring the word to, to bring deliverance into your life. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm ready to be washed. Minister to me. I will receive your service to me. I know you love me. I want to receive the full extent of your love. I receive now by faith in your love the full extent of your love. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. I believe you received, but we're going to spend time praying with you. And uh, Pastor Andy, please go from there. Please do a prayer. I'm going to pray and dismiss our congregation. And, uh, and um, please raise your hands up to the Lord this morning. Give everything up to the Lord. Hold nothing back because He loves you. Let Him minister to you in your secret place. Father, I pray for your people today. Lord, we leave this place, but we are not leaving your presence. Be with them, O oh God, and show them continually the full extent of your love. Let them experience it in every area of life. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And God, people, say, Amen. God bless you.